We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's Welcome to the Lindley Evans studio here at the ABC in Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and please welcome our panel. It's Wendy Harmer, Tommy Dean and Jennifer Wong. Oh, With the music, it's the Heavenly Light Quartet and our audience this week from Singapore, Canberra, Lake Macquarie, Niagara Park, Lane Cove and Toon Gabby. But first... Here, as always, is the news from nowhere. I've been reading some nursery rhymes to my grandson. Have you noticed the way they are all, in some way, really horrific? Yes! <laughs> my go-to rhyme is the story of the little piggies, the one who goes to market, the one that stays at home, the one that eats roast beef, and the one that cries... ..all the way home. Exactly. This, as is traditional, is done with much pulling of the child's toes, followed by some tickling as the final piglet makes good its escape. Now, I call it an escape because that's the only way to make sense of the word. The pigs have been taken to market, whereupon they will be slaughtered, with the exception of the second pig, presumably insufficiently heavy to sell and so left behind, and the final piglet who somehow breaks free from its impending death and goes... Even more mysteriously, there's a piglet eating roast beef, which sounds like a recipe for mad cow disease to me. It's horrific. Now, Pip, the young human with whom I regularly share this rhyme, is two years old. Does he really need this brutal lesson in the human food chain? I'm surprised it's not turned him vegan. Now, after a session of this little piggy, we head down to the playground where Pip's favourite piece of equipment is the seesaw, perhaps because Nana has taught him a rhyme salvaged from her own childhood. They chant it together as they sit on either side of the device. Seesaw, Marjorie Daw, Johnny shall have a new master. Does anyone else know this? It's yes. an old-fashioned... Yep. A door, I later discover, by looking it up, means a lazy person. So the rhyme, as best I can understand it, is about two minimum wage workers <laughs> who deserve to be poorly paid due to their low productivity. <laughs> the poem ends, it goes, Seesaw, Marjorie Daw, Johnny shall have a new master. Then it goes, Johnny shall earn but a penny a day because he can't work any faster. That's it, yep. Who's writing this stuff? The Business Council of Australia? <laughs> Gina Reinhart? And why is Nana sharing this right-wing propaganda with her tiny grandson? Well, Pip's exhausted by the time we arrive home, so I sing him to sleep. I reach for a classic, Rockabye Baby. Rockabye Baby on the treetop, when the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bough breaks, the cradle will fall and down will come baby, cradle and all. And so with this beguiling melody, I invite my grandson to tumble into the land of sleep by imagining himself being lodged high in a tree on a day of forecast high winds. The winds will at first merely rock the cradle in which he's ensconced, but as the winds intensify, the branch on which his cradle sits will snap, his cradle will fall, crashing chaotically to the ground, with him inside. 
So, Pip, you just relax and go to sleep. <laughs> Surely I can do better. What about waltzing Matilda? Oh, that's right, the suicide of a sheep thief. Well, how about the road to Gundagai? Actually, that's about the horrors of the First World War. Or, or there's Ring-a-Ring-a-Rosie, uh, which some, but not all, say is about the Great Plague of London. Or Oranges and Lemons, in which we follow a condemned man on the route to his execution. Or Pop Goes the Weasel, which details a trip to a London pawnbroker due to some mounting financial problems. <laughs> Life, as Malcolm Fraser observed, wasn't meant to be easy. Yeah, sure. But could we hold off breaking the news, perhaps until they at least turn 10 years old? <laughs> That's the news from nowhere. Let's, um... Uh, this is... Uh, this was uh, the Five Piggies. Uh, One of my very first observations in the world of stand-up comedy, and I still think it holds in a world of philosophy, I argue that there's only two pigs, not five. Uh, This little piggy went to market. Uh, This little piggy went home. This little piggy had roast beef. That is the same pig. (laughs) (laughs) Went to the market, bought a roast beef, came home, cooked it, had it. He's still got mad cow disease by the time he's home. This one had none. There's your second pig. And the pig that went wee, wee, wee all the way home was the second pig, upset that his big, mean friend wouldn't share his roast beef, mm-hmm. went home sad. So Two in your, pigs. In your version, no one gets slaughtered. Nobody gets slaughtered. Well, yeah. the roast beef, the cow still dies. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, think, I think it's really commendable, though, that you have learnt some nursery rhymes. I mean, uh, when my kids were first born, I pretty much tried to put them to bed with a Louis the Fly commercial. <laughs> you know, I mean, mm. I think it's important to get a few nursery rhymes, a few lullabies under your belt, you know, otherwise it's... Um... But commercial jingles are actually quite good. Yeah. Like, I used to always, in my little song, I didn't know any very good songs, so I used to sing the, I don't know if it was even a commercial here, Crave for Kitty Cat says, My Kitty Cat Craves Chicken, My Kitty Cat Craves Milk, My Kitty Cat Craves Tuna, Oh, My Kitty Cat Craves Crave, Yeah, My Kitty Cat Craves Crave. <laughs> Good night, little ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than Rockabye, baby. Let's uh, check you up with this week's news. Who will net a record tomorrow when they hopefully put it in the net? Oh, we've all gone Matilda mad, haven't we? Yes! yes. And we've got a young person in the front here in the green and gold. Are you barracking for the Matildas? Oh, what a thing to say. I was obligated <laughs> under the rules of my school. They made me wear this. I go to a fascist public school. I'm not allowed to believe what I believe. I actually fancy France. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, no, what did your school do, they? They had a dress-up day. Well, they had a green and gold day. Oh, no, that's a wonderful thing. Do you go. Oh, sure, I that's am, the brainwashing for you. I am a bit worried that this is a passing phase. What I am worried about is the Matildas are everywhere at the moment, but that they may drop off out of the sports pages over the next few years unless they take a few lessons from the blokes. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> you know. Like, I mean, you know, the blokes. Think about the blokes in for footy, Tommy. Oh, I'm thinking. I know. I know Plugger, Danger, here. Captain Blood, The Axe, Bozo, Blocker, Cement. I mean, Ellie and Haley just don't quite cut it. <laughs> so how about a few more nicknames? Like Killer Kerr is mm. a good start. But then again, what about uh, the headmistress? Or Laser Treatment? That could be good. <laughs> the Flying Tampon? <laughs> Captain Uterus, you know, something like that. The other thing is I think the girls are too articulate. I've been listening to a few of their interviews 
And they use too many long words. It should be more like, well, I went in hard, done good. <laughs> Played 150%. Yeah. What, what just was like, it? yeah, just, uh, you what? know, it was the girls, the girls, it was really good. The girls did it all, just did it for the girls. Girls, good. Yeah, yeah. it's good. And more talking about themselves in the first person as well. Mm. You know, like uh, Sam Kerr, what's well, good for Sam Kerr, I think is pretty good for uh, women's footy as a whole, that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, in the first person. A few more, I think, um, incidents on flights at the end of. Mm. Uh, yeah. End of footy. Yeah, trips. they're not they're not putting in the hard yards with that. No, are they, they aren't. Yeah. And I've thought about this. You know, use the old sports bra twang. You know, <laughs> tartare sauce packets. Um, you know, launched into into economy. Um, uh, eyelash glue in the locks on the toilets. What about filling up a male flight attendant after twenty four um, West Coast coolers? <laughs> that kind of thing. That's what I think we knew we need. And I think a, a bit more name. Oh, look, I think women have to a bit more. Name calling, you know, when the ref hands you a rev card, you go, who, oh, you, who did your breast implants, Tupperware? You know, that kind of thing. You know, get in there, show a bit of mongrel. And finally, I think women have to be willing to whinge about their injuries more, like, say, breast strain, and show it on Instagram. <laughs> now, I think... Or I'm available for hire on, and consultancy for all this. But they're, not, they're, not, uh, they're not diving enough, Wendy, that's the that's, problem. They're, they're too nice. Mm. They're too nice. Ellie Carpenter was actually nice about the French team today. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, uh, Tommy, what do you think? I'm excited. I'm still very excited. I mean, I mean, the, what we're talking about is the record that their viewership is amazing. Um, well, 3.5 million watched on Monday. Yeah. So there'll be even more, which will set a, you know, all-time record. All-time record. I, I, you know, I do have a slightly cynical view on the fact that they're, you know, you claim the numbers. I mean, uh, the fact is... Uh, AFL and NRL, I feel like a hundred years of history. Uh, so we're, you know, we're kind of bored. Um, <laughs> so I understand that the numbers have gone down a little bit. It's just same old, same old. Here they go again. Uh, but this is fresh and exciting. So of course we're tuning in. I'm glad that people are tuning in. In fact, I had a very curious discussion with my wife uh, today because we are having people over to watch the game at our house tomorrow, and uh, she was, and I find this uh, traitorous, uh, trying to decide what would be good French. Themed snacks. Oh no! Yeah, I know. But then I got like that. I was like, "What are you nuts?" And she was like, "No, because then thematically, you know, we're eating the French, and that's what we need to do in this match. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just chew them up and spit them out." Yeah, and that, that was like, easier to achieve with the Danish. Much easier. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! Jennifer, are you looking forward to this record being set tomorrow I night? I am. I'm actually going to watch it, which is rare because I don't usually know what's happening in the world of sports, but um, I am uh, getting on a mode of transport called the bandwagon <laughs> and I can't wait to be part of this. No, there are a lot of new, uh, new, uh, new followers <laughs> yes, on, the, that's on, that, right. on that bandwagon yeah. of us. Now, Do who you is... know any of the rules at all, Jim? Uh, I believe, uh, like in life, it's all about hashtag goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then there's one person whose job it is to keep those goals from happening. Yes. And um, I guess psychologically that is the mother figure. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But that's the great thing about soccer is there are very few rules. None of them really matter. And then the referee will tell you when they matter. Yeah. That's the great thing about it. Well, there's the offside rule. That's a pretty, pretty complicated. It always seems complex, but now we've got a machine that tells you. Yeah. That's the important part. Back, back when we could argue it, 
Nah, it was important. Yeah, yeah. But I once, we all saw the full Monty, didn't we? Once the full Monty danced it, it made sense. <laughs> if you haven't seen the full Monty, see the full Monty, and all sides will make sense forevermore. Okay, make sure you watch it before 5 o'clock tomorrow. Now, who is, uh, who is trying to stay alive through a sort of cryonics? Cryonics. Well, this is the weird... This is this, have you heard of this guy? This billionaire Brian Johnson... He's spending $2 million a year trying to stay young. And I don't know whether you've I should say, I should say, to make sense of the story, he's American. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's actually injecting himself with the blood of his own son. And he says he's discovered that his, what is this, his eyes weren't producing, what is this eye thing? Where he, he's, he's, got a, he's got a very scientific mind and he's worked yeah. out that the optimum way to stay young is for your eyes to produce so many grams or something of moisture all the time. No. First he's off, he under- did not say grams because as pointed out, he's American. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Some quantity of moisture and he's not producing enough. So he's decided that if he vibrates his eyes or his nose like this, he'll cry sufficiently to produce more tears, which will cause him to live longer. I, well, I, I think just a swift kick in the ghoulies would yeah. work, wouldn't it, really? And no, appara- I think he'd live longer if maybe he got in touch with his emotions. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently he takes 100 pills in a day. So if you kicked him, he'd rattle like a yeah. lager phone or something, wouldn't he? But also he says that he has three ounces of alcohol in the morning and goes to bed at 8.30pm and it's making him age... Back, back. Well, it's He's not, getting younger. It's not working for me, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really. <laughs> I reckon he reckons he's going to live to 200. Betcha, betcha, Jennifer, he still wants to date the woman under 25. What do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a wanker. Um, I just think it's weird that seemingly this man has never heard of onions. Yeah. <laughs> like just or, slice an onion twice a day. Or, You'll be or right. films like The Notebook. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, but also, couldn't he... I don't know why we know this information about him. This seems like a private enterprise between one man and his struggle to maintain his mm. youth. I wonder if he's also found out that... Public humiliation will keep you young, which is why we're all talking about yeah, it. Yeah, but, but he's, got he's, this, just... he's got this—he's got this big sort of enterprise called what is it, Zero or something? He publicises himself. It's so huge. There were photographs of his poor, beleaguered son having the blood removed. Oh. <laughs> well, what about what do you reckon, Tommy? Would you like to live to be two hundred? No, no. I'm worried about 75. <laughs> uh, but I also—I mean, my son is very fit, so there's part of me that is looking at that. Concept. Are you sure he's not a vampire, this guy? Are well, we you sure? know, I tried to borrow uh, four litres of paint off my son and he wouldn't give it to me, never mind his own blood. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine taking four litres of your son's well, blood in buckets? <laughs> in buckets, not in buckets. Now, who is, on, who is light on the fizz so you can get no. slammed real fast? Oh, this is a very uh, interesting story. Um, the soft drink Solo... Um, has come out with a version called Hard Solo, which is alcoholic. And so people are worried that this means that children will start to drink it because it looks like regular Solo. But I think the thing is, is in my mind, Solo was never a drink for children. Uh, in my mind, Solo was a drink in a can for a man who's in a hurry because he's whitewater rafting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, he'd, he'd drink a beer, but he needs all his faculties for travelling by whitewater raft. Because <laughs> yeah. in the past, if children wanted a fizzy lemony drink, their drink has always not been Solo but Lift. 
And you can tell by the name because what are kids always asking for? Mum, can I get a lift? Oh, there you go. <laughs> you know, Solo is for the single man who can't drink right now because he's whizzing through the rapids. So I don't think there's much of a problem. And also Solo sounds like um, another way of saying that single life is tough. Hard solos. Hard solos. Yeah, yeah. Hard solos. You had to, according to that ad, you had to have a mo, didn't you? You, had you to have might a mo. not have seen these ads. Oh, I've seen the ads. Yeah, oh, I mean, ads. I'm very aware of the solo man. What is he? Uh, because, you know, the solo then also had the extra wide mouth. That's what made it slammable. All right. Uh, the reason that you needed to slam solo is to make sure that you didn't taste it before it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they never put in the ad. <laughs> I used to think that women wanted men to drink solo so they might accidentally get that up their nose and do some cleaning. Because <laughs> it had the same lemon essence as polish for furniture. <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's no concern about children because children like things that taste good. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I think this. I think this. This is all. You know. I think this kids having alcohol thing is, I mean, I think that boat, that kayak has sailed, really. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't been to a kid's party lately with its, you know, Cointreau cupcakes and its pina colada popcorn and coffee martini crackers? Maybe that's just my kid's party. <laughs> <laughs> the Australian fashion label Zimmerman, which, starts, which started in the markets in, in Paddington, has been sold for close to $2 billion to an American firm. Now that Australian fashion is all the go internationally. What other quintessentially, quintessential Australian looks can you identify ready for I'm just export? Thinking Thank of you. those other people at Paddo Markets, you know, the ones who make a horse sculpture out of nails and stuff, and <laughs> you know, thinking one day, one day, a billion dollars. Uh-huh. I don't know. Anyway, I look. There are a few quintessential Australian looks, of course. That I think the Americans enjoy, don't you think, Jennifer? There's the classic tradie. You've got your fluoro vest, your singlet, your stubbies and blunnies with black socks. Mm. That's a good look. It's, it's a, a good, good look. look. It is a very good look. There's the Pauline. Now, <laughs> this is a versatile look. It can be anything from a burka to <laughs> a hand-knitted aqua jumper. She, she, was, she auctioned those off, did you see? She hand-knitted a whole lot of jumpers. And then um, and you, apparently you starting at $500, mind you, for this to cover some legal costs, with a free <laughs> please explain stubby holder chucked in. That was a good, pretty good bargain. But, look, I think the Aussie fashion look that I like the best is uh, the one that is – because Australia is a big country, right? And you see this <laughs> a lot, this look. And I think it's the one that's prepared for all habitats and all weather. And I, as I say, it's very popular. Puffer jacket mm-hmm. over a gym crop top teamed with camo leggings and rubber thongs. Oh, yeah. You can go from Hobart to Darwin in the one day and no probs. Now, that's, that's got to be... What about thing. those Australian men who are heavily dressed from the waist upwards but in shorts mm. down below in the middle of winter? Yeah. It's, always, it's always summer south of the equator for them. <laughs> I think that's the tradie look. That's the classic. For some reason, tradies like to work in shorts. Um, big fan of the orange and black high-vis. Uh, a couple of pubs uh, near where I work that uh, there's a lot of construction going on up in the area. And uh, there's nothing like a pub full of high-vis uh, to let you know uh, that you've made it. Good choices with your life. <laughs> um, it's a fluorescence of men. It's so fluorescent. Yeah, yeah, like, it's, it's nice, you know, when they're individual on the side of the road, you want to see them. But when they're all together in one pub, 
I had to take my glasses off. <laughs> I, just, I just kind of blur the edges a bit. <laughs> it is too high visibility. If you were drinking hard solo, the can would disappear. Disappear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, big fan of the zinc look. I don't know that that's called on enough. Uh, the zinc across the nose, the classic Aussie yeah, yeah, summer look yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. of zinc across the nose. I do like the stripes, uh, the war stripes of that. I think that's very fancy. I don't think uh, there's enough paid of the scarf. Um, scarf uh, associated with sport a lot here, especially with AFL, but I think there's a lot more scarf work mm. uh, in Australia. Well, there's been a lot of scarf work at the Matildas. Yeah, yeah. scarf yeah. Work everywhere. It's just because it's great. It's a flag. It's a scarf. It's a headwear. Uh, it's, it's, you know, a grappling hook can add it to the edge <laughs> if you have trouble getting over a fence. Uh, you can ball it up under the back tire if you get stuck in the mud. Uh, there is so much a scarf can do. Well, this is very so versatile. We've got a lot. What, what's your name, Doc? Dorian, Dorian down the front here. He's got, for those at home, he's got his green and gold Aussie beanie on and his green and gold scarf. And look, it's come up a treat. <laughs> I mean, I know Simon, I know Simon yeah, Marnie was giving a recipe for peas and corn earlier, but he doesn't look like a tray of peas. Well, he does look a bit like a tray of peas and corn, <laughs> but it's, it's not the most attractive colour combo, but it's okay. it'll do. But he's you also know, wearing the shorts. Bring, he's bring talking your about what we're talking about. He's all warm at the top, but his legs know no temperature. <laughs> bring your 12-year-old to TJF and have them insulted by Wendy Harmer. That's our promise to the parents of Australia. <laughs> Jennifer. Yeah, I think um, I, I'd be up for some white water raft with drinks holder kind of situation going on. I know that's not technically fashion, but um, a look that I really like is uh, pyjamas with a massive coat over them, which I call the just ducking into Coles or Woolworths. Other brands are available. Uh, I love the look of thongs with everything, yep. uh, even in winter, because it's open toe interpretation. Mm. Oh. Open toe Interpret. Sorry, that was just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just reached Tommy. I'm oh, so sorry. Dear, dear. <laughs> yeah, I reckon they could all travel far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> We've got a lot going for us. You know, as I say, our national colours aren't mm. the best. But Dorian, I mean, I've got to say, Dorian wears it well. Yeah. <laughs> as much as one possibly can. Are we ready for the Wheel of Death, ladies and gentlemen? Yes. Tommy's going to take it on. Our lovely no, people here in the, the right live hand. audience have thrown these topics on the board. The right Remember, if you want to come and be part of our live right. audience on Thank God It's Friday, all you need to do is put a ABC and TGIF into your search engine and you'll find out how you can book your free tickets to come and join us here in the studio at Ultimo. Today's topics are UFO, Ranger, so- so- Soil, Combi, Removalist, Vision, Microbe, Scarf, Sesame Oil, Oliver... Reenacting, roses, comedy, and drones. Which one fills you full of fear? Tommy Dean. Comedy. <laughs> but I, so but I am so crossing so my hard. fingers for you, Tommy. So hard. So crossing my fingers for you that it has got anything to do with lawn. No, I'm telling you, no matter what word comes up, I'm going to work it into grass. Yeah, okay. because... Around, around, around. It goes where it stops. No one knows. Today's Wheel of Death topic. As... Provided by the audience here at Ultimo for Tommy Dean is... Oh, it's nearly, so nearly comedy, but it's not. It's sesame oil. Oh, the best. Sesame oil. Why, why would you, why'd you make that weird sound? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird sound. Who suggested sesame oil? Who didn't? Ah, thanks for nothing. 
<laughs> we called him Sesame Oil. Is the great. We had Simon Marnie in earlier. We were waxing lyrical about Sesame Oil. We love Sesame Oil. Oil of Sesame is, I think, the next great thing. It is. It is a health tonic. It is a flavor booster. It is a. Uh, well, it is just magic in the boudoir. Yes. <laughs> Uh, just because you know it just has a certain viscousness to it. That's just a viscous, vis- vis- viscosity, viscosity, viscosity. What a great word! It's got just a viscosity. You never, you know what a great, you know, you know, you're dealing with a serious oil um, when you can't have an open spout. You know, like most oils have an open spout, and you can pour it at your leisure. But all sesame oil has a plastic lid, not that the lid, like a plastic. Uh, membrane across the top mm. with just a tiny hole in it. You gotta shake it. You really gotta want it to come out. No recipe in the world wants more than one teaspoon of sesame oil because it's precious. <laughs> it's precious and it's powerful. And that's why you gotta see this. And, and so try, you hold your one table, your one teaspoon measure out, and then you shake, 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 shake. And then by the time you get one teaspoon of sesame oil, you know that not only is the dish gonna be better, you are healthy for it. <laughs> and then the little bit that you spill because you shook a little bit too vigorously, you rub that into the shoulder area <laughs> and the pain goes away. Hey, Tommy, let me rub that in oh, for you. Oh, please do. I would say to my partner in the kitchen, I got a little shake injury right here. <laughs> Help me out. Uh, it's the best. Uh, it comes in small bottles. I do like that. Um, you want the Korean sesame oil. I don't want to get nationalistic across this. There's a lot of companies and countries that produce sesame oil, but the Koreans have found a way of doing it that nobody can quite match. And we don't know how they did it. Uh, we think there's just something about not only the Korean agricultural ways, uh, perhaps the presses they use. It could be something about the pressure of always being in the shadow of a nuclear nightmare. <laughs> In fact, almost everything Korean food-wise is strong and now because it may not be here tomorrow. <laughs> Chili paste is amazing. I can't pronounce it, but you know what I'm talking about. The one that kimchi. sounds like a Korean word. The kimchi? Uh, Gochujang. No. Say it again. Oh, Gochujang. Yes! yes! That's it. That stuff is amazing. Uh, sesame oil, amazing. Kimchi. They, they actually hide their vegetables from North Korea. For <laughs> <laughs> me, that's... Are you saying because they bury them in the ground in the pot? Yes! As part of the preservation process? Yes! Okay. And because North Koreans sneak over at night and steal their vegetables because that nightmare of a regime keeps food from its people. So the South Koreans had to learn how to protect and preserve, and then when they eventually dig it back up, although oddly, they're not very good with GPS. <laughs> That's why it's so tasty because they lose it for just a little bit too long. And then when it comes out, it is strong. <laughs> so strong. Uh, but that's, you know, by and by. Uh, my point is, sesame oil makes everything better. Everyone should have a bottle of it. In I have some in my bag right now. Mm? You just never know when you're going to need it. Yeah. You just never know. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's the best. My point is, it's of all the oils. Um, vegetable oil, boring. Canola oil, bad for you. Uh, peanut oil, sneaky anaphylactic nightmare. <laughs> Baby oil, immoral. <laughs> Sesame oil. Yes. It is the oil's oil. Thank God it's Friday. Does he die or does he live? He lives. He lives. Now, it's Friday with Richard Glover. The reason... The reason that I brought up grass before lawn, mm-hmm. you should explain what, what you did on the weekend. 
Because uh, before, yeah. before we went to the broadcast, Tommy was... Uh, the reason that I was not here for last week's TGIF mm. is because I was entertaining a, uh, umbrella, a group called Lawns Services Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're an umbrella group that look after turf farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they turf farmers. Yeah, well, it's an important industry. Oh, very important. Oh, you would not believe how important it is. Hmm. Like, seriously, go anywhere. Have you ever been outside anywhere, looked around and went, grass? Hmm. <laughs> it's them. <laughs> it's them. They did it. They did it. Yeah. There's an entire Shoalhaven, the Shoalhaven Council uh, down near Wollongong, uh, they are turning all of their roundabouts into grass led, beautiful edifications. Hmm. You, know, you know how sometimes when you're going around a roundabout and you're just thinking, uh, why is that jerk going around twice? <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's everyone because you just want to see the grass. <laughs> But it's you did so make, beautiful. How did they get it to such a state? But you did make the point. It was your ideal audience because these oh, are... It, well, do you want me to insult all of them on radio? No, no. <laughs> I'm just saying that when you're dealing with an audience whose uh, primary industry is watching grass grow, <laughs> it's easy to amuse them <laughs> by moving just a little bit faster. <laughs> but they are a deeply dedicated bunch, and you all just, you never know when you're under a surface... And if the Matildas win, it'll be down to the grass. Well, here's the thing about the Brisbane stadiums. They have not used the grass that is ideal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We were were lucky to survive uh, in Melbourne. Uh, That Skylock system, a little bit disappointing. Uh, I would just like to say to all, look at stadium turf. There's an, it's literally called stadium turf. Mm-hmm. That's the grass of the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm really sorry I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, I can now talk to you about diploids versus polyploids. Yeah. No, uh, Tommy, that's fine. Okay, carry on. <laughs> we have Wendy Harmer, we have Tommy Dean, we have Jennifer Wong, and we have our lovely audience. Thank you for coming. Uh, Jennifer, before we move on, tell us about your show. You've got a show coming up. Yes, I have a show called Careless Whispers and Other True Stories, and it's coming up at Sydney Fringe. Um, It's happening on the 31st of August and the 2nd and 3rd of September at the Factory Theatre and is kind of based on an embarrassing story about when I was eight years old and sang Careless Whispers uh, at a karaoke night. Uh, Would yes. you like some people um, people to come well, along? Tommy knows a lot of people who are in, in the grass industry. Well, I'd love <laughs> and apparently they're a great audience. You would be excited to know that uh, one of the grand lawnmowers is called an X-Wham. Well. <laughs> which is, which is <laughs> right what George Michael alley. was. <laughs> yes, that's right. I'd love them to come because I know that often when you work in the turf industry, you can be a little bit forlorn. <laughs> and I would love the chance to cheer them up. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Tommy, you wish hey, you had that joke. You got is, a, you got uh, I don't want to you know, just jump in there on uh, Jennifer's excellent, exciting news, but it's uh, convenient because uh, what were those dates again, Jennifer? 31st of August and the 2nd and 3rd of September. Which Tommy, are also exactly the same days that Tommy Dean is doing a show. <laughs> As part of the Fringe Festival of Sydney, my show is called Anecdotes and Annotations, and it will take place immediately following the excellent wow. Jennifer Long show. What an honour to precede you. What I am saying is Two for one, in the sense of two shows for one night out, but you will have to buy a ticket to both, yeah. just and, to be clear. And then Wendy Harmer's got a brilliant book coming out later in the year, oh, but yeah. enough of that later. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, called Tommy Dean and Jennifer Have Shows. <laughs> now, a cafe in Italy's Lake Como has provoked outrage after it charged two euros to cut a customer's sandwich in half, with the owner arguing that, no, to cut it in half took time and that work must be paid for. What are the things that should be free? but have a fee, and what are the free things 
you'd happily pay for. Jennifer Wong. Okay, so I think that should be free but has a fee. Not quite the same thing, but do you remember a time when you could go to Coles or Woolworths or Aldi and not have to work at the checkout? Mm. Yeah. Like, I think that should be part of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think what should be free is spring onions and celery should be free. In some countries, they just give you like a sprig because that's all you ever need and you don't have to buy it. Uh, Free but would happily pay. Um, At Sizzler, at the end of a meal, they used to give you these mint lollies, would happily pay for those. I would would pay for flattery from a sales assistant. Uh, Like, just, you know, sometimes on a bad day, I'd love to walk into a shop, give them a dollar and have them just say something. Like that's a wonderful color on you. Yeah, just to make you yeah. feel good. Yeah. It's usually free, good. but I pay for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they'll do that for you if you're willing to buy a hundred and eighty dollar <laughs> outfit. Uh, Wendy, I was thinking about this, Richard. There's nothing that I want to pay for. <laughs> I agree. Um, and um, I, I was thinking because I'm thinking, you know, one day they're going to start charging us for actual air, and then I realised. We are already paying for actual air. Have you heard of sh- a thing called shrinkflation? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is where products are getting smaller and smaller. So we're already paying good money for air in cans of Pringles, chip packets and boxes of biscuits. We're paying fa- for phantom pieces of chocolate, invisible ice creams, ghostly fruit gums, jam jars have shrunk but they charge you the same price. The stuff in the shops is so expensive, they're going to start bringing in the price tag by armoured vehicle, I tell you. But, you, know, you know, with the, the Toblerone, the, yeah, valleys, the yeah. valleys are wider. Is that, the oh, valleys is, are is wider. That right? That is right. Did you hear this? This is my favourite, though, Richard. You will, you know, you know how wagon, let's talk, let's talk wagon wheels, right? <laughs> you know, back in my day, they were big enough to go on a wagon. Now they look like they'll be on Barbie's camper van. <laughs> And do you know there was a this is a true thing. Some years back, um, the British company who made wagon wheels were they stay people were complaining on oh, the wagon wheel. Oh, I think your wagon wheels is a lot smaller than it used to be. And they went, no, you that's, know what? That's the way all British people yeah. speak, by the way. And they said, no, you're wrong. You know what? Your hand was much smaller when you were a kitty. <laughs> that's what they actually said. They said you. <laughs> But then someone did the measurements and and uh, they had shrunk. Mm. They had shrunk. Oh, no, they had shrunk. And, uh, and then yeah, someone they're... looked at how people grow and thought, well, that's true too. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, the other thing too is like, I mean, you know. <sighs> this is making you angry. Your mouth oh, is making me angry. You are really like, angry. Yeah, you know, like your hand might be a bit smaller, but your mouth is about the same size. You're <laughs> gauging it on the number mm. of bites, surely, mm. aren't you? I think but the, the worst one was, v, was VB when they reduced the alcohol content from 4.8% to 4.6%. Monsters! Because they, would, they decided that they would save $5 billion in alcohol uh, excise if they yeah. did this and no one would notice. But around the country, everyone noticed because they had three VBs and thought, why aren't my jokes funny anymore? <laughs> <laughs> like that would go unmissed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know. I mean, you know, wagon wheels are smaller when you're a kid. I mean, Paul, the other one that plays the theme tune to Bonanza. <laughs> Give me a break. What, were you, what, a, what, what, a, what a free that should have a fee. And what's well, that, what this whole is thing it? Is, makes me angry. Uh, because why don't they just work it in? I mean, food especially. All food cost is worked in. Uh, I think all the people 
who have asked for their sandwich to not be cut, but paid for the same price, yeah. have paid for those to get their sandwich cut. Yeah, yeah. And those people are one guy. Yeah, yeah. There's one guy that yeah. doesn't like his sandwich cut. That's it. Everyone. There's a, uh, I get a sandwich on my way to work uh, on occasion uh, in the morning, and the woman asks me every time I get it, uh, do you want cut? And I say, uh, yes. Uh, you say, damn the expense. Well, cut it in half. But every time, every time she asks, and I watch... And she makes the heaps of them. There's just bacon egg roll. Fruit, fruit, and everybody says yes, yes. And I think, what's killing her is the question. <laughs> yeah, it's the same as, would you like a receipt? Yeah. No one, no one wants a receipt. receipt. No one. <laughs> Nobody wants Stop it. Stop asking. Stop it. <laughs> so agree. Uh, and stuff that should be there. You know what makes me mad is uh, I've recently become very uh, fond of bubble tea. And then I found out they charge it for the bubbles. It's in the name. <laughs> it's in the name. So I just get like a flavor of tea and it had no bubbles. And she said, oh, he didn't ask for a mix-in. Mix-in? It's in the name. <laughs> it's right in the name. I didn't say tea. Are you saying they charge you extra for the bubbles? Yeah. But the bubbles are air. As no, no, no. Like they, they're like no, they're tapioca oh, balls. Oh, okay. Actually, uh, sorry to be a... a uh, Don't you dare tea. ruin me with facts. <laughs> well, the, the term bubble tea actually originally referred to the bubbles of the tea being shook and the air bubbles that would... So technically the bubbles, as Wendy would say, do come free with your drink. It's the balls that you're paying for. Well, balls to that. <laughs> yeah, balls to that indeed. <laughs> it's chunky liquid. Everyone knows it's chunky liquid. Where's my chunks? <laughs> if I wanted extra chunks, I would happily pay for extra chunks. But I didn't just come here to get tea. At an inflated price. I wanted chunky tea. Sometimes a beverage, sometimes a meal. Hard to know. It depends on the mouthful, doesn't it? It's, and, and the straw diameter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they trick you with the straw diameter. Do you know that this is a this is a beauty though. The Cotties jam, they even they they um, change the price from a five hundred gram jar to a three hundred and seventy five gram jar, mm. and they it was the same price. That's a big I mean, that is 10 pieces of toast going begging right yeah. there. That, mm. is a, that is a big And also all your recipes change. don't work because the 100-gram can of tuna is now they've shaped the tin so that it bevels downwards. So when you look from on top, it looks like the same. But if you look from the side, it's got 10% less and so your recipe doesn't work. That's true. Same with concentrated soups. Like cream of mushroom soup in a can. That can's gotten smaller yeah. and it's less. Yeah. And, it, and then you have to add more. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It is ruinous. <laughs> But what's the problem is they think we haven't noticed. We have. We have. We're ruining everything. We have. It's because our hands, they might be smaller when we're young, but (laughs) it's about the bites. You know what I would pay for that is technically free is a faster elevator. Oh. Like if an elevator had like a coin slot, I would put a coin happily in an elevator. So... Yeah, and also, it, it doesn't stop no, intermediate. It's not, it's not that it just goes up and down fast. It's you know how every elevator has like a three second extra delay that no one needs. Like we all get in, we press our floor, and then we look at each other. <laughs> and for three seconds, we contemplate what has happened to the world. <laughs> it's never good. And then the door is finally shut. But I, but and the button that says it'll make the door shut, that's a lie. Yeah, it never works. No, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is exactly where the coin slot should be. Yeah. <laughs> if I just put a gold coin in there, yeah, the door's yeah. shut. I would pay that every day. But, I mean, you know, I, was, I think it was Jerry Seinfeld who made this observation as well. You know when you get on a plane and the, and the captain says, uh, well, we're, we're going to go a little bit faster to make up time. Just go fast all the time. <laughs> 
Exactly. I'd pay extra. I'd pay for that. I'd pay for that. that. Now, the government has uh, introduced a new demerit system in which if you drive perfectly for a year, you get one demerit point expunged from your record. So Mm. what are the things in your life you'd like to have erased from your record? Jennifer Wong. Uh, I would like to erase from my record how much I spent on food delivery during COVID. That is a a very embarrassing figure. I would erase uh, the number of times I've tried to join a gym and just continue to donate money to them. And this you is did the, get lighter, though, from your wallet. <laughs> from my wallet. And this is what I'm very embarrassed about, which I've never spoken about before, is that when chat rooms first started when I was in high school and the internet came about, I uh, struck up a conversation with someone who I thought was a new Chinese person from school, only to know that Chan Op is actually the name of the <laughs> channel operator. <laughs> oh, dear. So I'd like that removed from the record. Expunged. Wendy Harmer, what do you want expunged from your record? Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. So many string. There's a string of crimes against fashion Mm. in the 70s and 80s. Look, in no particular order, witches, britches, black final trousers, knitted leg warmers over lycra tights, stirrup pants, spiderweb pattern tights. I used to wear this Laura Ashley dress. Um, in the eighties, and it was sort of it was it it was a sort of a it was maxi length with ruffles around the bottom, and it was like if you stood too long, people thought it was a marquee, and they'd come up inside and ask for a glass of champagne. It was that. It was huge. I wore earrings that were like big enough for satellite dishes. There is, there's, look, unfortunately, a lot of this is actually on the record, but if I could have them expunged from the record, that's what I'd One year good behaviour fashion in fashion and we'll, uh, we'll see right. it happen. Thank Tommy you. Dean. What do you want to explain? Uh, I had a perm in high school in my senior year. I would like any pictures of that completely destroyed. <laughs> uh, luckily, I exist before the internet, so luckily not a lot of it's leaked, but just in case I do know copies of it exist. On, your hair is curly anyway. No, but like a full perm, and because oh. it was full perm, it was also uh, accidentally chem-burned, so it, it had like a, it was a, a white top. It was supposed to be frosted, but it was frosted in the sense that a cinnamon bun... As like a giant dollop of cream cheese. No. It, was, it was the worst. Oh, dear. Uh, I would like to expunge any memory of uh, the first uh, two years of my dating career. Mm. Uh, just way too much miniature golf. It is, <laughs> it is not nearly as romantic as it sounds, mm. and I'm quite surprised that it is making a comeback. Uh, <laughs> that's a little bit of a shock. And but you know and I would also like uh, my first year of driving uh, expunged as well, uh, like literally for reasons that I can't even go back into America because of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and my student loans. Yeah. <laughs> One year good behaviour, and it shall be done. Who were the winners and losers of this week? Jennifer Wong. Uh, the winners. Uh, it's now trendy again to wear dresses over your pants, which is great for those days when you just can't decide. Uh, the loser. Who said that? Who said that? On the internet. I saw it on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen lots of things on the internet. Who said it specifically? ABC every day. Oh, there you go. Well, you don't listen to those idiots. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And the 
Scientists of the Week, Wendy. Uh, uh, it's yes. National Science Week and they're on a mission to find Australia's favourite animal sound. Yes. In the first round of voting, the humpback whale got voted out. Looks like they weren't able to orchestrate enough votes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, they... <laughs> Wendy Harmer, who were the winners? Oh, the Commonwealth Bank. Yes. yes. A record. Winners indeed. A record. Oh, what? I love this, though. The, the, the CEO said that $10.2 billion, by the way, folks, is a record. And he said that it, oh, it demonstrates support that we provide customers. <laughs> and the losers, of course, are the customers who say, look, if we knew the support was going to cost us that much... We would have buried our dosh in a tin in the backyard. Oh, Along with all that Korean food. Oh. Uh, Tommy, who were the winners and losers? Uh, losers, uh, clearly, hopefully, France. France. Yes. I would like them to be losers. I would hope that if things start to get a little out of hand, I'm hoping up their sleeve, uh, the Matildas have as a sledge, if you know, things start, the momentum starts shifting and France starts getting on top of the grass and they're all like, hey, guess what? Still no submarines for you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, France. No submarines. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, And the winner at a personal level tomorrow is my beautiful and supportive wife's birthday. So a very big happy birthday to my wife. And we will celebrate her birthday by hopefully celebrating with the Matildas sledging the French. In what um, what way, Tommy, what way would you say that she has been the biggest winner um, being married to you? Oh, sorry. I didn't mean in any way to imply that she won on that. I'm the winner. Oh, you're the winner. In that sense. But I was just celebrating her birthday. It's her birthday, and I would like very much to be seen as uh, supporting that. Oh, I see. In that, you know, she continues to live, and I'm all for that. Yeah. Has she she ever sort of requested that you go and get a perm? Well, no, she's no, she's uh, she does have occasional. She she wants me to wear nicer shirts. Yep, uh, we're working on that. Well, um, I think because you've been so nice about. to her tonight, just uh, nice. break out the sesame oil. I think. Well, I, <laughs> I keep it around on purpose. Oh, she knows. That's why he carries it wherever he goes. Please thank Wendy Harmon, Tommy Dean, and Jennifer Wong. <laughs> And please thank yourselves, our lovely audience, for coming. Yeah, thanks for being part of Thank God It's Friday. And thank you to our listeners in Canberra who've joined us this week. You can catch the TGIF podcast every week, of course. Luke Heggie will be here next week. Tommy Dean and Gene Kitson. Music next week from Dan Salton. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. And thank God It's Friday! Yeah. Yeah.